I'm going to be talking about the gift of prophecy. Who here believes that they have the gift of prophecy by raising your hand? Okay. Um, who here wants the gift of prophecy? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I used to think that um, the gift of prophecy was only for the special people, that they were the only ones who got it and they got to use it and just kind of looked up to that. And, you know, you, it felt like that they were on this, this pinnacle that, you know, they, they got to prophesy and that was great and they heard from God. And um, what I've come to find out is um, that's not necessarily not true because y'all are all special. You're all special and uniquely made and so you all can have the gift of prophecy. So the special people do get to prophesy, but it's for everybody. Um, I just want to touch base real quick on um, what the difference is between the office of prophet and the gift of prophecy. Um, I think that's really important. I think sometimes we get... Um, we don't have a clear explanation of that, so I want to do that real quick. Um, so there is a difference. Prophets are called to equip the saints to do the work of service, and that's taken from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And I'm going to read the whole scripture for you. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints and for the work of ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. So a prophet is a position that Jesus gives you. It's not something that you ask for. It's something that God gives to a person. It's who he chooses to be the prophet. Um, and then prophecy is a gift. And I'm going to use Romans 12:6, And it says, Having the gifts differing according of the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. All you have to do is ask, and God gives it to you freely. So those of you who want to be activated or want to have the gift of prophecy, that's the very first thing you do is you just ask. And it's something that you are given freely. Um, we're, not that it gets tricky, but what is required of you at that point is then you have to step into it and you have to actually practice it. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. The purpose of prophecy for, um, there's probably a lot of, several different opinions on what prophecy should look like. So for this house and what we believe, prophecy is always going to be positive. Okay, it's always going to be for edification, for comfort, or exhortation. And I'll give you scripture for that for a minute. But what, it, what we want to see it used for is for you to be able to speak to a person so they know that God has a purpose and a plan for their life and that it's good and that it will bring them closer to the body of Christ and to God. So that's the purpose of prophecy. Yeah. The purpose of it is to expose a person to their true identity and destiny. And so a phrase that we use that we picked up from school is to pull out the golden people because everybody can see junk you know everybody can see what's wrong with somebody and so that's not really a prophetic word when you tell somebody what their problem is the um, gift of the prophetic is being able to find the answer to that problem and to call that out in them um, to give them solutions because you know that God has all the answers to all the problems, there's not a problem that you have or that anybody else has that God doesn't already know the answer to. And he's just looking for you to search, to search and find it. God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. 
He's a really good dad. I heard somebody say one time, it's like, um, you know, you play hide-and-go-seek with your kids. And I know that my boys love playing hide-and-go-seek. And Will is really, really good at it, which is kind of scary because he's really quiet and he does not tell you. I've lost him several times in the house. But fortunately, he's been, actually, I've lost him outside of the house, too, because, um, yeah, he is just quiet, and he gets in this dark place, and he just sits there. And, like, you can go past him. He doesn't say a word. Well, um, this person said God loves playing, love, puts things out there for us to find, but he's a horrible at hide-and-seek because what he does is he gets behind the couch, and he goes like this. And he puts his leg out. He wants you to find him. And, the, you know, he promises. He says, if you seek him, you'll find him. Okay? So he puts things out there for you to, to search for. And it's, sometimes it takes a, a process, you know, for you to find your answer, for you to seek and find your answer. Not because he doesn't want to give it to you, but it goes back to that journey. There's a journey in that to where you're going to get to know him more. You're going to get to trust him more. And then he's going to give it to you. And then sometimes, actually, I would say a lot of the time, in my opinion, what you're searching for is in the answer with people you come in contact with. And one of two things happens. Either you run into them and you, you know, you're sitting beside them at, you're standing in line at Walmart, okay, and you're, they're, you're, they have your answer, or you have their answer, but we're not taking the time to actually see people. You know, we're too busy and get too caught up because God has chosen to work through people. And so your answer is in front of you. You just have to, you know, like Todd was saying, you know, your miracle, you have somebody else's miracle inside of you. And you know, the Bible says that we all have good works that God's placed in us. You know, it's, it's there. And so those good works are people's miracles or people's encouragement. And so just to take the time to see the people that you come in contact with, because you have their answer. You could possibly have their answer or they could have yours. Okay, um, so that's the purpose. There's two different um, definitions for prophecy. Um, I know I used to get the word of knowledge and word of wisdom and prophecy kind of confused. You can get a word of knowledge, and word of knowledge is just knowing something that you wouldn't know normally. Okay, so you could say um, somebody has a headache. Okay, that's word of knowledge. That's not really prophecy. But it's still just as powerful because then you could pray for the headache. Sometimes what you find is that you'll get a word of knowledge... Like, okay, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's okay, I'm going to go with it. Um, you'll get a word of knowledge like that somebody, or word of knowledge or discerning their spirit that they've been struggling with depression, right? So what you don't want to do is go up to them and go, I can see that you've been really depressed and that you've been crying at night. Two, they already know that. Um, two things, they already know that. They don't need you to tell them because then, you know, that might bring condemnation or something. I mean, it just gives room for the enemy to come in. And two, if there's people standing around, your job when you prophesy is to protect the person you're prophesying over. You need to make sure that you don't expose them in any way. So when you sense that somebody's depressed, you would just go, you know what? The Lord um, takes real delight in you, and he's going to give you um, the desires of your heart, and you basically pro you tell them the opposite. You give them the answer. Okay, a lot of times in the um, words of knowledge, okay, yeah, let me back up because I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, two points of prophecy is foretelling and foretelling, okay? Foretelling is telling a future event, 
Okay, but that's not all that prophecy is. Prophecy is also foretelling, and I'm going to read. Okay, foretelling is expressing the will of God for a person or circumstance or to call out someone's destiny. Foretelling is also speaking forth the mind and the counsel, counsel of God through prophetic speech. It's the calling out gold. Okay, so you can prophesy or foretell of a future event or something that's coming, but you can also foretell, which is calling things that were not as if they were. It's not, you know, you can't just say, you're going to be rich and get it. You know, there's, you know, you got to, the Lord will give you something. And so when it's God, when you're uttering what God is giving you, what you're doing is you're giving the power for it to come to pass. Okay. Um, we're made in God's image. How did God create the world? Words, by speaking. And we're created in the image of God. So our words are powerful. And I know that Pastor Todd talks a lot about that. Um, you know, if you just look at Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Whether it's good fruit or it's bad fruit, that's where your stomach is satisfied from. Um, it says, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit. Okay, so your words are powerful. So whenever, even if it's not in a prophetic utterance, and it's just in complaining, your words are either empowering the enemy or it's dispatching angels. You know, when you declare from your mouth what God has to say, and make agreement with what heaven is saying, the Lord releases angels to go and do the work. You know, um, just like Pastor Todd had said, when Jesus, when they were in the boat, and he came walking on the water, and Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. And he said, come, and in that power, in that word was the power to do it. Um, God has chosen to work through men. Okay, he has given us the authority so he uses man, and I think a lot of time he's just looking for somebody to have the agreement and to say it and to speak it and to release it. And one of the things that come to my mind is um, Chris Valadin has a story that he shares about he was in a service and he was teaching and there was a guy in the back he'd never seen him before. He looked at the guy and he said, the Lord says you're a man of faith. And that was it. It's kind of it. It went on. And then months later, the same guy came up to him and said he was a heroin addict. And he was strung out, and he wound up in church. And when he spoke that to him, the addiction of heroin broke off of him, and he'd been clean ever since. Okay? So sometimes when you speak a prophetic word, it's not that that's where you are right now, but it's that's where God sees you. And so when you speak to somebody who, um, let's say, their behavior has got them as a troublemaker, they're um, disruptive, and you go to them, you know, and you see who God's created them to be, and you say, you know what, you are a faithful person, and God has in store for you that you're going to have great ability to manage whatever. I mean, you know, then it may not look, this, look like that, but what you've done is you've then released it, and you've given it power to happen. And so it's really important that when you see people that you do this, that you speak blessings over them, that you speak blessings over your children, over other people's children. If you're in situations and people are acting crazy, then that's when you need to line up with what heaven is saying, okay? Because um, there's three heavens, 
we'll talk on that for a minute. There's the first seven, which is everything physical. It's what we can see. It's what we can hear. It's everything physical. Second heaven is where the angels and the demonic are. It's where they are, have their stuff, their goings on. Then there's third heaven, and third heaven is where God is, and that's where we're seated. Okay, so whether you're prophesying or praying, you always want to pray from third heaven. We get a lot of stuff in the second heaven. We kind of can sense evil, or we can sense the angels, or we can sense, we can see what all the mess is. We can um, have a word of knowledge about that mess. But what we want to encourage you to do is to come up higher where you're seated in the presence of God, where he has all the answers, and to get that perspective, because it's a whole lot different to have this perspective. You can't prophesy from here because you're only going to do what you see. But if you come up and you are in the heavenlies and you're seated with Christ, and you, you, have, you can then get all the answers. And this is the place you pray from, and this is the place you prophesy from. It's always going to be to edify, to encourage, to build up. Okay. Um, so that leads me on to how to receive a word. Because I really hope that throughout um, this foundations class that you know, you've got a lot of knowledge, you've got a lot of cool things that you've learned, but now you need to apply it and start applying it at church because this is your safe place. This is the place where we're going to love you and we're going to support you and it's going to be great and we're going to encourage you, but that's not where it stops. Um, you know, we are called to do the ministry outside of church. We should not expect for people to come to church to get the Lord because nowadays people just don't do that. They don't come to church. So we need to go out and... You know, everywhere we go, we bring Jesus with us, okay? So, um, I'm going to share one more story. Um, this is Bill Johnson's story, and he talked about that um, a few years ago, they were in Redding, California. They were building their prayer house that they have there, and there was a roadrunner that would just kind of hang around the property, and he'd always see the roadrunner outside the window, like he would be there, worship would be going on, and there that roadrunner would be just by the window. And he just thought, you know, well, this is odd. Well, then after a few weeks of this, he thought, okay, wait a minute, Lord must be trying to talk to me through this, okay? So he was like, okay, God, what are you trying to say? And so he said the roadrunner, the Lord used the roadrunner so much to speak different things to him. Just the roadrunner was always there during worship, and then when they built the prayer house, the roadrunner was always around the prayer house. And then one day... Um, he got in the church somehow. And so he's in, I think there's a, a room, and if you've heard this story and I'm butchering it, I'm sorry, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm, he tells it a lot better. But um, So I think the, one of the worship people were there and they were playing a drum and they were worshiping just in this little room. The roadrunner came in there and he would always come in there where the worship was. Like he loved being around worship. And so he would even, like, get up close to the people who were singing and just sit there. And so um, one day this was going on. The roadrunner was there. He was enjoying the worship. And then all of a sudden the roadrunner took off, and he took off running, run down the hall. And they thought, oh, my goodness, what's the roadrunner doing? They took off after him to see. And he hit a window, and he died. And they were devastated because this was like, thanks, Melanie. They were, they, this had become their <laughs> mascot. 
<laughs> so the roadrunner died and they were devastated. It became their mascot. And they were thought, oh, well, Lord, what are you trying to say with this? Because they had learned so much about just the worship and the roadrunner loving it. And Bill Johnson said that the Holy Spirit told him, whatever is born in the church, if it's not released, it's going to die. So what you've gotten from this foundations class, we've got it. But if you don't release it out there, if you don't do something with it, it's going to die. And it's not a matter of Todd and Tina doing it or the leadership doing it. It's everybody. It's all of us to go out there and do it. Um, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> how to receive... A word. So as we're here and people are practicing their encouragement and their prophetic words, how to receive a word is, I'm going to read First John uh, 4, 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Real quick, I just want to say that false prophet isn't somebody who gets it wrong. A false prophet is someone who comes in the opposite spirit of love or one that would instill fear, which we don't have time for me to go into that, but Todd agrees, so we're good. Okay. Um, so don't be afraid that you're going to get it wrong. But So if somebody gives you a word, what you want to do is say, was it encouraging? Was it comforting? Did it exhort me? Did it bring me closer to God? Did it make me take a step closer to God? Did it make me want to you know, come closer into the body of Christ? If it didn't make sense, just put it on the shelf. And maybe, you know, it wasn't meant for now. Maybe it was something later. If it was something like you're going to be a small business owner and you have no plans to be a small business owner and you just think, well, I don't know what that's about, just put it on the shelf because it might, the Lord will bring revelation to it later. Um, I also would want to encourage you to write them down. I'm going to quote Bill Johnson a lot because of school we use their teaching so he said you can't afford to have a thought in your head that God doesn't have about you so write down your prophetic words and when read them make that a part of your your quiet time especially if you're struggling if something bad has happened and you get those prophetic words out and you start reading them and reminding yourself of who God says you are and what God has in store for you you're gonna build yourself up you're gonna edify yourself keep your prophetic words have value for them, okay? If you receive a negative word, my advice is to dismiss it. How to give a word, because we want to encourage you all to practice and to do this, okay? So how to give a word. If you have a negative, if you sense a negative word of knowledge, to prophesy the answer, because God is not a gossip. He's not going to tell you somebody's junk just so you get to know their junk. And he's not going to tell you somebody's junk because he wants you to go tell them their junk. They already know it. But if he does give it to you, it's because he's wanting you to get the answer for them and to release that over them. What is heaven saying? Remember where you're seated. Prophesy from heaven. Test it out on yourself. Would you want this word? Like, you know, you don't want to go... I see that you're going to be in a horrible car accident, but don't worry, everybody's going to be okay. okay. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. I would then just go into intercession and, you know, make the accident not happen. Pray for angels to be released, you know. Um, and then I also talked about protecting the person you're prophesying over. And um, 
And I think that's really important. And I also wanted to say here to give grace as we're practicing on each other. If somebody does start out like in the, the negative, you know, show them grace because we're, we're all learning, right? Speaking on prophecy, I want to also encourage you, though, not to wait for a prophetic word for your answer. God speaks to you. God wants to give you directly your answers. He's going to show you. But the prophetic word, usually what that will do is either going to confirm something. Sometimes it will confirm what you're doing or what, where you're wanting to go. But don't wait for a prophetic word. But you can ask for them, and they're really they're fun to get, I think. I enjoy them. Also, when you are giving prophetic words, don't, don't be scared to get it wrong. You know, it's okay. There's, um, in Proverbs, it says, um, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of the ox. And basically, if, that, well, it says that the stable's clean. If there's no ox, then there's no stuff you have to clean out. But we need the ox. The ox is strength. So that's the truth for people. You know, we're going to make mistakes. We are human, though we're spirit man is perfected, but you're still, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. God is going to reward the obedience and not necessarily the getting right. But when you're obedient to him, that's what he celebrates, is the fact that you, you took a risk, that you did it. And, um, yeah, don't let that stop you. Because you never know. What if you get it right? What if you do get it right? Like everything, I think this is true for um, all things. If you want to get stronger in the prophetic, you have have to do it. You have to step out and do it. Um, The Bible says when you're faithful in little, he'll make you faithful in much. So as you're stepping out in it, he's going to give you increase. You know, when he gives you something and you're obedient in sharing it, he's going to... See, you're trustworthy with it. He's also going to be building your confidence. You're also going to be able to hear him, and he's going to start giving you more. So if you want, even if you already know you have a gift of prophecy and you want to be more prophetic, you're going to, your responsibility is to step out. So when you're at food line and you see somebody um, and you believe the Lord's given you something for them, strangers are good. You're never going to see them again. I mean, you need to go up to them. I remember um, one night I had a dream. It was like before I fell asleep, I had a dream, and I was in Old Navy, and there was a man named Mark, and he had a, something was wrong with his teeth. And so I woke up, and I wrote it down. And so it was actually this time last year, because I think I was Christmas shopping with my mom. And so anyway, we went, we were at Target, and we were shopping, and the Lord reminded me, oh, yeah, you had that dream about Old Navy. So... What's really cool is you always have a choice. And sometimes that's not very cool because you can choose not to do it, and then you feel horrible after that, so I don't encourage doing that. Like when you know you should have done it and then you didn't, you feel really bad, but God's great in mercy, and he, you know, so don't get hung up there, but it just kind of feels bad. Um, And I was like, oh, yeah, but my mom's with me, and I got the boys in the car, and yeah. I couldn't leave, and I thought, okay. And so I told Mama, I said, I'm going to run into Old Navy. Can you just sit in the car with the boys? She said, yeah. So I went in there, um, and I felt like it was an African-American man. Okay? So I walked in, and we were in the men's section in the dream. So I walk in there, and I'm in there. nobody is in Old Navy. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's in there, and I'm walking around. I'm like, okay, I'll go to the women's section. So I walked to the women's section, and um, 
there was a man standing there. And I, his name was Mark, right? And so I went up to him and I was like, okay, I could say is your name Mark, but he's going to think I'm crazy. And then I thought, oh, now he'll just think I thought he was somebody else. So I went up to him and I said, excuse me, is, is your name Mark? And he went, no. I went, okay, thank you. And I walked away. And so I went back over to the men's department and there was somebody else standing there. And I went, is your, is your name Mark? No. Okay. That's okay. And you know, I've just walked back. I got ready to leave. I was heading towards the door and I felt like the Lord had directed me to an employee who worked there. And it was a woman. And I went, well, all right, Lord, I'm going to go up and just ask her if she has a family member named Mark. And so I go up to her and I tell her, you know, excuse me, um, I had a dream, and for whatever reason, I just shared everything with her. I went, look, I, I had a dream last night. Sometimes God will talk to me through dreams, and I felt like there was a Mark at Old Navy who had a toothache, and I was supposed to come here and pray for him. Do you have a family member named Mark? And she looked at me, and she went, no, but there's an employee here named Mark who has a sinus infection, and he's been complaining that his sinus is hurt right here. And I was so stinking excited that I got it right. I said, okay, just tell him Jesus loved him and that he's going to be healed because he sent me to tell her. And I like how I tell it out there. But he wasn't working, but, um, or I would have prayed for him. But, yeah, I just, that, that's cool. So when you get it wrong, if you go up to somebody, you know, it's just about taking that risk, just going up. And if you won't practice, go is a great place to practice because this is exactly what we do. But you come out and you just try it. And if you get it right, that feels so good. And if you get it wrong, they're not going to see you again. So, you know, you, you don't have to live in that place. Um, one more thing I'm going to talk about is how God speaks. So sometimes there is an audible voice of God. Um, people do experience that. I think it's fewer, fewer than the ones that hear that inner quiet voice of God. And God speaks that way, very still, quiet voice. But there's also other ways that you can get um, prophetic words. Um, sometimes it'll be really, most of the time for me, it's like this really quick thought. Like the, and you'll miss it if you're not paying attention, this really quick thought. Or maybe you glance at somebody and you think that like, you have to do a double take because you saw a sword in their hand, but all of a sudden there's no sword there. Well, that's probably the Spirit speaking, and so you just need to ask okay god well what did you what, what did that mean then step out and share it um also i'm gonna use one more scripture like todd said earlier you don't have to wait for a manifestation like your hands being hot sometimes the prophetic your chest will start like it almost feels like anxiety like there's something sitting on your chest um you don't have to wait for one of those but um god does use your senses so you might smell something, you might taste something, you might hear something like in your imagination, you might see something in your imagination, you might see something in the spirit, but it actually is, manifest, is like manifesting to you. So there's different ways that the spirit's going to speak. And if you're not, like, let's say that you always have um, pictures, like that's how the Lord primarily speaks to you, he has pictures, and your mind all of a sudden you're not seeing pictures anymore, he might have changed the way he spoke. This was revelation to me last year. Did you know that God's first language was not English? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they said that, and I went, oh, yeah, that's true. So, like, he doesn't have to use English. He doesn't have to use words. He's going to use other things um, to speak to you. And so it's just a matter of going back to that relationship and spending time with the Lord and finding out if he's speaking. And then if you think it is, try it. You know, go 
partner up with somebody. Y'all go out together and just, just try this. Another, if you want to, again, if you want to grow in the prophetic, the best way to do it is to put yourself in a place that requires more than you can do in your own strength. So if you're really comfortable in wherever you are, take a risk. Go out there to where you're, like on that ocean song that the worship band sings where, you know, you're walking out and Jesus has got to do something or you're going to fall. That's a great time because you're, God, God, one of the names of God is probably one of my favorite ones is um, El Shaddai, which is the all-sufficient one. Um, but translated, like what it really means is the breasted one. And if any of you have ever nursed, any ladies have ever nursed a child, they do it for comfort. It's more than nourishment. It's comfort. It's for protection. It's for reset. And the more that baby wants, the more demand that baby makes for your milk, the more your body's going to produce it. And that is the image of God for El Shaddai. The more demand you place on him, the more he's going to supply. So when you step out to take a risk, to do something, God's going to come through because you're placing that demand on him. You're going, okay, God, I'm going to look like an idiot if you don't come out. He's going, to, he's going to meet you where that demand is on him. So who here wanted to be, um, wanted the gift of prophecy? Okay. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to start out. I'm going to get you to stand up and... I want you to get into receiving mode like this. Just put your hands out. Okay. And we're just going to ask our Father who gives us good gifts to give you the gift of prophecy. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, yeah, just pray for you. Okay, then we'll do something else. All right. So, Father, we thank you that you are a good God and that you give good gifts. Lord, and that you will give what we ask and so, Father, we ask that for the gift of prophecy, for all those who want it, and we receive that gift. Father, and I just release over these people eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying and speaking. Father, a boldness to come over them, to take risk, knowing that you're going to meet them. Father, that you would bring them into encounters with people where they have the answer, where they have the miracle, Lord, that you will grow them in their faith, Lord, and that they will rest in knowing that you're going to provide. They're going to be obedient, and you're going to meet them there. 